You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. And look, it's nice to actually have football things to talk about. And the joy of minicamp, even as strange of a day as it was, and we'll get into that here with Pete Smith for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, brought to you tonight by the good folks over at Hotels.com. Uh, don't hate like your friend's trip. You guys know what it is. You see something on social media, you give a like to it because you don't want to be the jerk who says, well, screw you, whatever. Make your own memories. Uh, book your own vacation with Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Uh, don't forget to find folks over at the Himalaya podcasting app. Um, whether it's Google, whether it's Apple, uh, you know, available there. Go ahead, download it. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Browns. You know, the features of you know cur- uh, curated playlist where they start to follow what you like, start suggesting things that you might like. As I've always said, similar to TiVo, and allows you a little more individual show experience where you can comment on each show if you choose to whichever way you would like good or bad good is always preferred um you know obviously and you know as far as you know uh downloads and uh, you know likes and shows stuff of that and commenting on each show it's allows you to be a little bit better part so if you're looking for something different go ahead and check out the himalaya podcast app available google and apple uh, Pete, like I said, just before we hit the record button, which was a much anticipated fun day, and look, the football side of it was great. This started off weird, and I, I gotta be, it just, it, I don't understand. And look, it, you know, John Dorsey and John Dorsey's guys, we need to bring in players. Well, in June of 2018, Duke Johnson got a contract extension from John Dorsey. So you get the picture of all right, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson. It's a nice running back duo, should go down for a couple of years together. Uh, then Duke Johnson plays even less football in 2018. Uh, then, you know, and then, you know, he's being peddled. And this is, the, you know, I, I don't understand why anybody talk about this today. If I know what the Browns wanted for Duke Johnson, and I know if what they were being offered for Duke Johnson, and why Duke Johnson is still a Brown, essentially, is because of that. So then finally Duke concedes Pete and says, all right, well, if this is going to happen... Let's do it. I guess it's the best for everybody involved. And then the Browns never get their trade demands met because I guess they overvalued what Duke was worth on the open market. And all of a sudden today, you know, in, yeah, I, I guess you did Duke maybe say it incorrectly. He did. Even if he does feel, you know what, nobody here respects me. I've played 64 games out of 64 games. I've been listed questionable on the injury report twice. Whenever you've called my number, I've been there. So even if he said it incorrectly, I don't care if that's the way he feels and he wants out. Maybe at this point he probably does deserve it. But just because maybe he said it or worded it incorrectly, all of a sudden this became like Duke is the problem here? This is... It, it, it's preposterous. I mean, this guy was a one of the better pieces of a shitty, shitty product for a long, long time. You want to move on with him. If the, Look, you put him on the market. When you put somebody on the market, that usually means, guess what? They're gone. Even if you don't get what you desired for it, Pete, you're moving him because once you say, I'm trading someone, you're trading them. Yeah. Um, I feel like this whole thing started when- you know, he sort of got outed publicly. Uh, you know, he, you know, it's the, but the thing is, he, but he agreed with what they were doing. It's not like he walked in there and said, I'm not doing a damn thing until I'm traded. He was already on the market. They were already peddling him. But, uh, you know, that, that Kareem Hunt presser when he signed him was a train wreck. And this was one of the things that went poorly was when he they were asked about Duke Johnson's future and basically said he's not expendable yet, which prompted everybody to go, well, Duke Johnson's going to get traded. And then, you know, that's that seems to be exactly what happened based on the reporting. There's plenty of credible reporting talking about the Browns tried to move him, tried to take offers for him and this, that, and the other. And, and what they were offered wasn't enough, so they held on to him. Uh, and he sat on there uh, out there for a month and then basically said, look, you know, if that's indeed what you want to do, then let's go ahead and do it. Uh, you know, and his press availability today, he said, you know, if they can get something bigger and better for him, he totally gets it from that standpoint. But at the same time, he wants to play, uh, which he should. I Like, I don't understand the idea that, well, he should shut up and take, 
you know, play less uh, and be happy about it. Like, I, I don't that that part I don't get. It, like, if you want to paint Duke is sensitive, I mean, you you can do that. I, I'm not going to argue that. That's that's your opinion, and and I don't care. Uh, but I, I feel like once you know Dorsey basically said we're we're moving on, and then it doesn't sound and and this is a thing that John Dorsey has done is he's really bad at communicating with people uh, that he's planning yeah. on moving on from or yes, Kevin Zeitler. And right as we know, Kevin Zeitler found out coming out of a movie theater on Twitter that he was traded. Uh, that's on his birthday. On his, bir- on his birthday. So you couldn't even call him to wish him a happy birthday and tell him he was getting treated. So, and and the, the flip side of that is Dave Gettleman, you know, with virtually no relationship with Odell Beckham, it sounds like, you know, there's nothing there. But he still called and told them, okay, we're moving you. Like, there's a courtesy factor there. And it, it bugged me from the standpoint of, you know, this is the same guy who's talking about family and second chances, and I want, you know, people to come through here to be better men. Well, start with you, the better man, here, and, and communicate with your guys. And I, and I feel like uh, Freddie Kitchens today in his presser was sort of putting out a fire that he had nothing to do with. And I think he's getting really good at doing these things, but he's really good in front of the media and, and talks about this and basically says, look, you know, Duke's under contract, you know, he'll, he, feelings are feelings, but he Duke's has no doubt. Yeah, said he's been a pro. There's no reason to think he won't be a pro. And even today, Duke was a pro in this. So, uh, you know, from that standpoint, I, I feel like this starts and ends at, at Dorsey's feet. But, you know, that the fact that Dorsey makes a misstep here, and, and he did, uh, I, I, you know, this isn't like suggesting Dorsey needs to be fired. I just think he screwed this up, and and th- well, this that's is a- okay. Yep. Go ahead. There's going to be moves. Well, as you can say, he's yeah. done a lot of great. Go ahead. He screwed this one up. He, uh, you know, there, there's going to be move. He makes great moves. Baker Mayfield, great move. The trade for Demarius Randall, uh, getting that for great move there's you know there's there's you know hall of fame caliber moves out there but this was one he screwed up you signed into a contract you put it out there and then you basically kill your own negotiating ability because teams that weren't offering offering much already now have even less reason to offer even that much because the 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 feeling is he's gonna be out and if duke is indeed kept on the 53 now you have to sort of try to mend that relationship and, and and at the very least Duke Johnson's going to be side-eyeing this organization the rest of the way. And you can say, well, this is a business and, and this and that and the other. But that type of reputation gets out there. If guys like Zeitler and Duke and if Jabril Peppers falls into this category, I don't know if he does or doesn't. But if that's the trend, you know, if you, you guys are leaving with a bad taste in their mouth beyond just you know, this team moved on for me. That you know, that carries over, and you're trying to recruit guys. You're trying to get guys to come play for you. And in the case of Gerald McCoy, you actually tried to, reportedly at least, tried to get him to come for less. This is the stuff that sort of lingers uh, and leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. And I, and I think, you know, this is an area where Dorsey just, since he's been here, and I don't think this is different than what it, in Kansas City, I think this is an area where he struggles. And, and I and I think he's bad in the press, and I think Freddie is infinitely better, and I think he should be work to be better at that or have somebody else do it, if it's Elliot Wolf, if it's Alonzo Highsmith, or somebody be the guy who has to reach out and, and communicate to these people so you don't run the risk of burning bridges because you may be in a situation where you're then going to you know, want to bring one of these guys back at some point. You don't want to make it so... Uh, that, that that there's this issue there. I mean, Duke Johnson to this point has given you four years of really good football. Kevin Zeitler gave you two seasons of really good football. Do the right thing and be, you know, man up and, and do that part. Now, is it the end of the world? No, it's it's a misstep, and that's what it is. But I, you know, I I can't help but sympathize with Duke Johnson, and I suppose this is part because you know, doing what we do, we sort of develop relationships with guys. Uh, not only in the NFL world, but just in, in terms of what we, we do outside of this, that, you know, in the same reason you want them to do right by you, you want to do by right then. There's that mutual respect, and I think that's lost here between Duke Johnson and, and, and John Dorsey. So even if 
even if uh, Freddie Kitchens is able to sort of mend this fence temporarily, I think that's all it is. It's a temporary fix. So uh, it's it's a blip, uh, a blip on the radar. But I don't think you know suggesting that we're you know on on Team Duke here at least as far as like this has been handled is this outlandish thing. And it really does feel like we're in the super minority here. Where, but uh, for the people who are saying this, uh, my question is. What happens if this isn't Duke Johnson? What happens if this is Miles Garrett? What happens is the, if this is Denzel Ward? What happens if I, this no, is well, no, even still, a few years down the road where it's going to come time where Denzel Ward and if Greedy Williams pans out and it can only be one or the other? What happened? You know, exactly. I mean, this is some stuff that you worry about the foreshadowing of what can go on down the road. Right, so if you know you, you you can say, well, Duke Johnson's sensitive, and you and you've sort of moved on the idea that Duke Johnson's not going to be a part of your football team anymore. Now, replace this with a guy you do care about, a guy you really do want to keep on this football team, and and does your attitude change at that point, or do you still have the same one? And and maybe you do come to the same conclusion, and you're basically saying he, you know, as one person put it, a quote unquote professional crybaby. Maybe you're going to think that if it's Miles Garrett, but my guess is you don't, and. You know, that's where we have a fundamental disagreement, which is, you know, that's fine. We've, and we went through this Duke thing ad nauseum, and it was always, don't trade Duke Johnson. Find a way to get him more t- a couple more touches a game. You screaming of, hey, he can take some reps at wide receiver, so if you want to get him involved a little bit more, he can do that as well. Um, it, 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 but everything, the way it's been covered, though, uh, well, Duke, Don- Duke Johnson demanded a trade. Or did Duke Johnson understand he was already on the trade market and say, well, if you're going to trade me, trade me. Then let's just do it already. And and, and for him, yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't know. Obviously, every signal that he thinks he's getting from this organization is mixed. Yes, you signed Carlos Hyde last year during free agency. You drafted Nick Chubb. What is Duke thinking? Oh, man. All right. Obvious, man. Uh, this isn't looking too good. Then in June, hey, Duke, come on in. Here's a new contract. Five million a year. Have at it. We value you. Then you go into 2018, the best success this franchise has seen since you have been a part of this franchise in Duke Johnson. And you're looking around, you need me to go in? Anybody? Oh, guess what? It's overtime. Uh, everybody's tired. We're playing the Ravens. You're probably fresh. Go do eight plays in a row and get us down close enough where we can get a field goal and, you know, win this game. And then the next week, it's back to hanging around and watching and hanging around and watching. Oh, Kansas City, we're getting blown out. We're going to have to throw a lot. Hey, Duke, get in there. Score a couple touchdowns. Next week, I mean, Duke Johnson has no idea what this organization thinks of him. So if you want to say, I don't know how you're going to say he's being a crybaby. I think he's being a professional. Where do I stand here? Because you valued me enough less than a year ago to keep me around and pay me as the most expensive running back in this room, but nobody ever wants to call my number. And it it's just so bizarre with with the entire thing. And Freddie's saying, "Look, he is a professional, and you know, I know Freddie. There's fine. There's ways Freddie can use him. There's way Monkin can use him. There's no doubts about that. But it's if you're Duke Johnson, how do you know what you're being told by this organization is real or isn't real? And that's fair. And it doesn't make him a crybaby. Anybody in any profession anywhere would feel the same way. Could you imagine getting a raise and a, a bigger title at your job?" And then all of a sudden, you're asked to do less? It wouldn't make sense in any way whatsoever. It, it, it doesn't matter that it's football. It would matter in any job you do. It was extremely weird, the handling with Duke today. But like a pro, went out there, did his job. Do I think he's going to be here? I don't. And that's going to be the worst part. Because now that all this has gone on, you're maybe, you know, you're not going to get even close to what you were hoping to get for. You'll be, unless some team has some catastrophic running back injury positions, you'll be lucky to get what you were being offered from other teams for Duke Johnson. This just turned into a mess. And, and look, and even Baker Mayfield, Pete, I just hope he does his job. That's his shot, man. Baker Mayfield has never missed a game in, I, I'm sorry, Duke Johnson never missed a game in his career. You hope he's going to do his job? That, 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 that's a shot, man. And that's one where you, you got to do some heavy, heavy lifting to take that back. Because whatever you want to say about Duke Johnson, he's shown up week in, week out, answered the bell for some really shitty football teams, and was there sometimes last year where he was a little banged up and said, you want to know what, I'll sit out anyway, he ain't going to use me. But he didn't, and played, 
I, I just it, it, bad taste about everything that went on today. Is it a blip as far as the 2019 Browns season goes? Yes. But Duke Johnson has been here for four years. He's not going to view this as no blip on the radar screen. And you know, that I don't like because the guy has done what's asked of him. You know, for with four years being here, I think he deserves to be treated a little bit better than that. Yeah, the Baker Mayfield thing was interesting. I attribute it mostly to really, really trying to stay on message and stay on focus. And 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 you know, I I don't know. You know, he but he could have said, he and, and said what Freddie said. He could have said what Freddie Fred. Duke's a pro. He's gonna do. He's gonna do what he needs to do. But I hope he does his job. That was worded very, very poorly. Right. Uh, I mean, if you listen to where it starts, it's it's not going to be a str- distraction. You know, it's not going to be a distraction to anybody in here. Like I thought that, uh, that was the right message. I do think that was a you know slip up, but you know th- this is sort of the, the the beast of parsing quotes and 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 that type of stuff. I you know I I think uh, Mayfield is in the right, trying to be in the right place, uh, and that sort of you know comes out awkward but at the same time you know he's been very consistent with this you're with me or you're against me type thing or you're on you're on board or you're not and you know that in some respects that that can uh create some issues which is part of the reason that that may help ensure that duke isn't here but uh you know that you know if if down the road we're we're having this thing and and baker's having a a contract dispute that this type of thing then comes back and it doesn't look good but you know for right now i will try as best i can for to give him the benefit of the doubt again i i agree i didn't like how that came out to me when he said self-inflicted wound uh to me that's more attributable to Dorsey's handling of this and Duke Johnson, but I do agree with the people who kept saying, and I thought I made this, you know, uh, relative there, but I guess not that they don't do Johnson, but I do think based on what you actually have there, it's more attributable to Duke. What the thing that's interesting about the day, however, is the fact that they were doing a bunch of stuff where they were moving running backs out, out in uh, wide and having the new receiver stuff, which would be a great, uh, spot for Duke Johnson. If in fact, he is part of this team in in 2019. So, you know, I I I, I think the if you have any hope in Duke Johnson being a part of this team, it is entirely on Freddie Kitchens and the staff. Uh, but I do think John Dorsey put him in an awkward position, and 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 Freddie is just so good at this already, uh, and it's because he is who he is like he doesn't change uh, if you've ever spoken to him privately he's the same way as publicly uh that you know it, it just i think it puts him in more of an awkward position where now he's putting out fires from both ends and i suppose on one hand you know that's what he's here for but at the other hand if, if you're trying to say it's a rookie head coach that's not exactly the position you want to have your rookie head coach put in yeah i mean it's 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 a little early for the rookie head coach to be you know you know jumping into you know, save a little fire that was started by the front office. Uh, you know, you might, might, might want to get a, your first regular season game under you at least. But look, you know, if Duke's going to be here, that's fine. If they're going to move on from Duke, maybe it is probably the best avenue for everybody involved at this point. Me personally, I would still like Duke around. I, I value what he does. You are going to need somebody else besides Nick Chubb, and this is no disrespect to Dontrell Hilliard, but they played three running backs last year. Hopefully they can still continue to do that, and then, you know, you'll have Kareem Hunt coming week nine. Whatever that is, but I don't know. I, I just everything about it today, and even the reporting of it, and you know this. You know, I just just a little. I, I will only defend the reporting so far as this. I blame it on expediency. You know, you're out there with your on your phone, and you're basically saying, trying to make you know as clear as humanly possible. And I can get where you end up with that short shrift text, you know, uh, tweet that that really miss. Uh, uh, mislabels the, the the statement. I thought Daryl Ryder did a great job in that respect, and that he was boom from the word go. Took the time to actually really explain it, and I think some of the other people, you know, again for the sake of expediency, went a little too fast. But I give him credit because he did take the time. Justina Anderson's another one that took the time to I think word it more properly. Yeah, and you know, but that's you know that's where we're at on Duke. Obviously, we'll get to the rest of the stuff here. Uh, I do always want to thank Untucket for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts. Like tall, short, slim. Ever wonder why your father's button-ups look so long and baggy at the end of the day? 
can be hard for guys to pull off a casual untucked look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend, around the barbecue, baseball, diamond, whatever it may be. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NFL to get 20% off as we are a little less than two weeks away from Father's Day, guys. Might want to keep that in mind with the good folks at Untuck It. All right, Pete, we will get to the football side of it today, and I guess you got to start here. Pete, you just see some short, quick glimpses, and you see and realize, and if you want to start with the you know the, the touchdown reception with T.J. Carey, Odell Beckham Jr., and we're not even going to say those three letters, but don't worry about them, guys. Uh, and look, anybody, you know, everybody worries about it now. You think an NFL team wouldn't say, okay, we're playing at noon on Sunday. Uh, get there at 11.58. We'll figure it out as we go along. Just every, just smooth and easy and gliding. And it's, dude, just a pleasure to watch. Yeah, I think, you know, all the gripes about, you know, not being there before are replaced with oohs and ahs because he's really freaking good at football. Uh, and, you know, he... He is in great shape, and he did look great right out of the shoot. And amazingly, he didn't forget how to catch the ball. He, I mean, his hands were great. He showed off some really impressive route running on that, you know, that out and in uh, type move, uh, which, by the way, was one of the places where they had a running back out lined out wide to sort of occupy the safety. Uh, but you know, that gives you just a glimpse. Part of it is a glimpse of what can this team can be. Part of it is a pinch yourself. This is really happening. Uh, Baker is actually throwing to Odell Beckham, and they're both wearing a Browns uniform. And, you know, uh, these are two, you know, superstars. Uh, and this offense is just going to be unbelievable. And that's before you mention all the other guys. That's before you mentioned the – Antonio Callaway doing his thing and, and, and Richard Higgins doing his thing and what you have with David Njoku and the tailbacks and all those other things. It, you know, this is a day, a day where Jarvis Landry is nursing an injury. He can't go, but uh, that's how, you know, how, how much attention this guy takes up because he's genuinely phenomenal. And, and you know, you can't get enough of it from that standpoint. And, and you know, th- in that sense, it's like the LeBron – you know, effect in so far as, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you're going to get sort of uh, almost lectured to basically say, soak all of this up because, you know, it's going to be over too far too fast and you you don't want to miss any of it and you want to be able to enjoy the whole thing. And that is what you're at, we're, we're, what we're at right now is, geez, I mean, it's, it's, this is what you know. This is what that trade did. This is what that this offense is going to look like, and and just just soak it up. And and you've got a couple months of this before they even get to uh, preseason. That you're just going to have day in and day out of watching this over and over again. And and even the thing, and we you know, well, how will he develop the, the the chemistry with Baker? No, it's really accurate quarterback with really insanely good route runner. That's that comes pretty easily. It's the big, clunky wide receiver who's slow in and out of his breaks where Baker has to change the way he plays when he's throwing to a guy. This this is butter because Baker does everything the way it's supposed to be done. Odell does it the way it's supposed to be done. It ain't that difficult. It ain't that difficult at all. Well, and, and it's it's, again, it's June 4th. You know, there's plenty of time, and obviously, you know, they, they, Baker reaffirmed, you know, was asked about it and reaffirmed the fact that they're going to do their, you know, their, you know, training where it's just him and a bunch of receivers going out and doing stuff. There's plenty of time for that, and and you know that that's that's the thing is it's silly to get caught up in in missing days in May. Uh, because it is June 4th and there's plenty of time to get these things worked out and they both are guys who work their asses off and and want to be great and they both understand what what is sort of capable here but when it comes to that type of stuff you know Beckham needs to do what is best for Beckham and and I think 
you know, as much as people may not like it and, and the team may not love it all the time because they can't supervise and sort of see everything, uh, you know, they're with the product. And I think Freddie Kitchens basically acknowledged that by being happy with him being in shape and all those things. And, you know, and this was part of what, you know, Joe Thomas yesterday with Tony Grossi. And, you know, look, it's so specified for some of these guys who work with it. And it's to put their body in max. It, so just let it be. It, and I got news for you. Less and less guys are going to be coming to OTAs. Nothing's going to change that's going to drive more guys to come to OTAs. Just like more guys skip bowl games before the draft. It's going to be, it's going to, you know, basically turn to less and less when it matter. If it doesn't matter, I won't be there, and you're just gonna have to deal with it because the severity of an Achilles, an ACL, an MCL, torn hamstring, that is so much more greater than something that is voluntary and is meaningless. And this is the these guys' livelihood. And if you're really lucky, you get eight to ten years. If you're just marginally lucky, you get five. So these guys are going to play those cards for those years the best way they see fit. And you know, with the help of the people who represent them the way they see fit, just let it just let it go. Uh, but Higgins, again today, Pete, I mean, you, you, you saw some of it in just the... The yin and the yang. It's like, it, it, you know, these guys could be 40 yards away from each other. And just from body language, him and Baker Mayfield, they've just got it. There's just no way to, to describe it, but they're just two players that think alike and can almost read each other's minds on a field. Yeah, uh, and and I, I think guys like him uh, and, and Jarvis Landry potentially, you know, sort of take some of that that – uh, fear that it's just going to be forcing the ball to Beckham too much away. First, that's never been Mayfield. And second, you know, he's got other good players. They're only going to get better uh, with more reps. And, you, and you're looking at a guy like Callaway and what he can do. But if Higgins is nothing more than he is right now, he's got a ton of value for what Ian Baker can do. And he just, he, he's really become – you know, that, that Joe Juravicious type guy that people have desperately wanted for this team to have that, you know, reliable possession guy. It's not Landry right, you know, right now it is Higgins and it was Higgins last year. It may continue to be Higgins and, and he will mix in a couple really nice plays and some, and some big ones, but really he's the guy who, you know, converts first downs and makes tough catches and does those little things that sort of keep the offense on track. So you can open up more big opportunities for, uh, you know, Beckham and, and, and other players like that where the big special plays come for them. But the run-of-the-mill, you know... It just... And, and the other thing, Pete, is it's, it's going to be the, the competition between these four. And because Odell makes a big play, these other guys are going to want to make a big play. Or Odell starts a game slow and these guys get a little something. Odell, he ain't going to sit the party out. He's going to want... I mean... It, that you know, in the old you know, and I, and I hate the phrase, but it does apply here. Is the iron iron sharpens iron, and, and these guys just be bopping back and forth about ideas and things, and each rep and, and trying to make it a better rep than the guy who went before him. And a guy like Baker, you just got to sit there and be like, all right, guys, go ahead. If you got to kill yourselves here, do what you got to do. It's fine, man. Don't worry about it. I'll make sure that everybody eats. Yeah, I mean Odell Beckham's on such a higher uh, such a higher level that I don't can't think of a, an obvious comparison, but it does take you back to things like the Fun Bunch and nice. you know those type of things. But I mean, you know, they didn't have like that one supreme upper echelon talent. The Rams had two, uh, but it, you know the Fun Bunch was you know a Hall of Famer. I mean, Art Monk was a Hall of Famer. They had Ricky Sanders. They had uh, those guys, but. Gary you know, Clark. This is different. Yeah, Gary Clark. It, it, it's different in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of guys who can make plays and feast, but it just has that one dude who just is a game breaker in a way that, you know, the, the Browns haven't had basically since, you know, guys like Paul Warfield. I mean, that's, you know, that's how, you know, how 
the the type of level he's on and what he does. But at the same time, you do feel like there's going to be, and there was the, this, this absolutely happened last year is, you know, those receivers just being almost every touchdown was sort of a group celebration for those guys. And that's why it sort of brought the mind, the fun bunch on the greatest show on turf is, you know, two guys running down the field, look, looking at each other, high-fiving oh my God. score from the Rams. Like that type of stuff sort of comes to mind as to what can happen is, is, Beckham's going to get his, but these other guys are also going to be in positions where they can, you know, just put up, you know, a 40 spot and have three different guys scoring touchdowns and just highlight after highlight and them all basically just, it, you're right. And the fact that they're competing against each other at the same time, they're competing with each other is that they, they, they want to be great. They, they're, they're happy when each other does well, but they also want to, you know, do that extra something special you know, who's going to make that play that sort of, you know, makes everybody else go, wow. And and they've got a lot of guys that are potentially capable of that right now. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Miles and Larry last year in the early season. Well, you got two this week. Well, I'm getting two next week. And then, well, I'm yep. getting two this week. It, it, but that's what you want. And with the, especially with the age these guys are yet, I mean, are currently, I mean, because, you know, you know, uh, you know, for Odell and Jarvis, and, you know, the money is not a factor. Eventually, the money is going to become a factor, guys. That will become a factor because everybody's want to get their get theirs. But right now, it's just like, wow, dude, we're like, we are like an AAU team. You know, everybody here is freaking good, and it's it's fun to see, and it's it just gives you a glimpse, a well, tiny not taste. Only that, they're this good on June fourth. What are they going to look? Uh, September when this thing kicks off and obviously you know it'll be fascinating to watch when you know there won't be full go but as close to full go as you know they're going to going to happen against Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams and TJ Carey and, and, and Terrence Mitchell and all those different coverage guys Demarius Randall and Sheldrick Redwine and Morgan Burnett and having all these different guys Joe Schobert like that should be make for a really really competitive camp which you know, that's one of those things where you're like happy to have joint practices in that sense with the Colts in this yep. case, uh, because you just you're you're tired of you're tired of seeing that other guy across from you. You just want to go against somebody else so you can sort of take that stuff out. But yeah, iron sharpens iron is is certainly going to be a, a thing that can definitely apply to this team in more ways than one. Not only receiver against other receiver, but receiver against this particular DB. You know, that type of stuff. So there's a lot to sort of push this group forward. But getting back to the original point, none of this matters if they don't stay healthy. So that becomes, you know, a very, very big deal for them. Pitch and that, pit, pit. Yeah, they've got to be smart with that. And they've got to, you know, understand when, when guys need, you know, to, to gear it down or at least – go lighter than maybe, you know, other days and, and be smart so that they but even go still, into all yeah, their dudes. Yeah, but, I mean, if you've got four of them, guess what? Tuesday, Odell, you're out. Wednesday, Odell, you're in. Jarvis, you're out. Thursday, Richard, take a seat. Friday, Antonio Callaway, do all the individual work. You're not doing any team type of activities. Because even with just the – obviously, Odell's the one. But if you could match Odell in any of the two others – you are still way lightning years ahead of the game. So the best thing is to maneuver to have the possibility of all four as much as possible. And who cares if it doesn't help you with your column that day? It should help you when they win a shitload of football games and you're going to write story. You're going to write your pieces that a lot of people are going to read. Um, offensive line. Uh, hey, Pete, guess who's playing right guard today? I'm fairly sure it was a guy that some people were pronouncing a bust last week. And a second-team center. Yeah, I mean, uh, Austin Corbett obviously got in there, and, and they did a couple things that were interesting. They had uh, uh, Eric Cush as the second-team center. Again, they had more of Kendall Lamb playing that left tackle spot uh, behind Greg Robinson. Swing but tackle. They're going to mix yeah, they're going to mix and match, and they're going to move some guys around. And, and you know, the, the idea that, you know, in OTAs of all places that, you know, the, 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 the dude wasn't running the first team reps you saw meant he was a disaster, um, you know, was was silly to begin with. Again, if you believe that Austin Corbett just sucks based on Austin Corbett, more power to you. It just never made sense to me that you were going to base it on that. In the same sense, you know, 
Uh, Chad Thomas apparently, you know, getting some run with the first group, two groups uh, as an edge player, which, yeah, it's still an edge. I, I still hope they he, he, he moves up and down the line a little bit. But, you know, hopefully that's an indication that they're more positive with the direction he's going. Uh, the one thing I took away, and uh, Freddie sort of cleaned it up, uh, Desmond Harrison missed his flight to get to minicamp. You know, I, I'm, maybe, there's a, maybe there's a legitimate thing here, but, I, you know, I, it's very hard for me to give him the benefit of the doubt given the track record. Uh, that that's a situation worth monitoring. I'm wondering how long that's going to last. Again, that's a guy I think will ultimately be traded at some point. My question is, is it going to be sooner than later? Well, missing uh, and, flights and, and things, both. But missing flights and things of this nature, you're not, certainly not helping them in this case because everybody knows the deal, and, and now you can't be there for minicamp, which you've known about for 30 days, for Christ's sakes. Uh, not a good look by any means whatsoever. Right. It's It's, you know... The, the the coaching staff's there to help you, but you know you got to help yourself first. And again, maybe there's a legitimate excuse for it, but again, I have very little reason to give him any benefit of the doubt, uh, given last year, uh, you know, given things we've heard uh, about about his uh, you know dedication and, and certain things. So attention to detail. I, attention to detail. We'll leave it at that. I I just. That 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 more than anything leaves me. But if you were supposed to be a, yes, but if you were supposed to be there yesterday, how aren't you there by today? He is there today. He just okay. got there late. Uh, but he did. But he was too late to you know matter for the sake of getting got there to participate. But he was there by the time Freddie did the thing. But he did miss his flight and missed the day of you know practice. And this is a guy who you know can benefit from all the reps he can get. Uh, you know, in a in what is supposed to be a heated competition. I mean, he could, you know, they got Brad Seaton out there playing backup right tackle. I have no illusion that that guy's going to be uh, a player on this team. And he's happy. He's welcome to prove me wrong and, and come shit on me on the podcast if he wants when he does. Uh, but that's an area where Desmond Harrison could be getting meaningful reps and, and making his case to stay on this team. And, you know, I, I think that's an opportunity missed, or at least, you know, if it wasn't missed, it's an opportunity not taken advantage of. It's, yeah, I just, and it, it, you know, he will forever be the strangest saga. And, you know, if it's about, you know, we need better football players, well, I think, you know, some of it should be the commitment level and, you know, not maybe questioning a guy who's played 64 games out of 64 possible games. That's just me. Uh, Grip Six Belts, uh, another sponsor of the show, and I was appreciative for them. Uh, the goal at Grip6 is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives, obviously with a women's collection now over at Grip6. Ultra lightweight, with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist. Making the belt super comfortable. Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Grip6 has a special offer for you all at gripsix.com slash lock l-o-c-k-e go check out the fine folks over at grip6 and now pete obviously another one here uh you know greedy williams uh, you know at times running with the ones uh you know this jermaine whitehead look uh, he's continuing to earn his reps and uh, don't be picking off baker Jermaine Whitehead. That's not good. That's going to get you out of here. But uh, obviously, you know, the defensive backs and seeing the way things are rotating, uh, you know, obviously Burnett wasn't a factor today. You know, uh, got to see more maybe Eric Murray's role as well. But uh, look, I mean, Greedy, maybe it's to give him some confidence early, see where it takes him. But again, he's not a guy that's got to be rushed. Well, you know, by virtue of the fact that Odell Beckham is such you know, such a focus, and then you had this Duke stuff today. You know, Greedy Williams, the highest pick of your draft, ranked and second round, and all that. But he's an afterthought, which sort of tells you, you know, where this team is in terms of how good they can be. Uh, but yeah, and, and that's exactly how it felt when I saw it. It's a pleasant surprise. Like, great if he can 
you know, contribute and, and, and potentially give you meaningful reps or, or take that boundary corner job opposite Ward, uh, that would, you know, suggest really good things about where this team can go. The idea that you've got those two positions set and then you've still got TJK who can be a moving piece. You've still got Terrence Mitchell who can be a moving piece. You've still got Eric Murray who can be a moving piece. You just then can can mix and match your coverages and do so much, but it seems like that's exactly what uh, Steve Wilkes wants to do at this point. You know, a lot of pre-snap movements to try to change things up and, and, and change what the quarterback's seeing and the offense is reading from that standpoint. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, it's one day of minicamp. It's one set of practices. But, yeah, this is, this is what you want to see, a guy – getting his opportunity and hopefully making the most of it. And hopefully, you know, this is something we continue to see that, you know, Rudy Williams comes back from summer vacation and, and maybe a little bit thicker and uh, ready to jump in and take that. So that, you know, you have a, a guy that becomes a really nice bonus as opposed to something you need to happen that makes a defense, which, by the way, Freddie Kitchens begging anyone to ask him questions about defense. Please ask me about defense. Ever like, like the third presser, he's mentioned this, where he's like calling out defensive players and like, is anybody going to ask me about Miles Garrett, Olivia Vernon? He goes on a list of players. But yeah, I mean, that becomes a found money situation where you're just sitting there going, oh yeah, and they've got this guy, and he could be a really nice player, and and hopefully that's the way this keeps going. And you know, it, it was funny about the defensive stuff because I mean, it's like I've got Sheldon Richardson, I've got Larry, I've got Vernon, I've got Miles, I've got Joe Schobert. I, you know, please, yeah, I'll, you know. And I think maybe part of it is is because some of this media is still getting used to him as the head coach of this team, as opposed to the guy you know who the last part of last year was you know in charge of the offense. So it, it's fun to see that, but it is also in. I had given Freddie a little, you know, a little bit of flack with the media about what was going on, but you're starting to see that he is very excited. And look, any first time coach is gonna be, but you're starting to get from Freddie Pete that he knows what he's got. And you know, whether it's just looking around or you know, you know, when as a head coach, you know, you peek into each individual drill. Freddie ain't fooled. I mean, the guy's been play, guy's played football, been around football for a long, long time. He kind of knows the talent that he's got on this roster, and sometimes you almost get it, and you see him where he's got like that chuckle where he doesn't want to let up that he's too excited, but you certainly know that he is excited. Yeah, there's an element of being a kid in a candy store and all the things he can do with this offense, and I think you saw that today, and I think you know Odell Beckham playing in the slot was probably somewhat a result of Landry being unavailable. But if that's a thing that continues to happen, it, it, happened, it, was, him the- it existed a lot in New York because it, it came to the point where yeah, it was it, you know we've got to move you around because you're that good and they're going to try to always shift the coverage on you. Right. So if you're in a situation where you've got him on the uh, the slot and you have uh, Callaway and, and Higgins on the boundary, you know that's a nasty grouping. Uh, they can create a lot of mismatches. So you, he's moving running backs outside. Like, basically, he, he talked about it, and I thought it was really interesting. Basically said, look, you know, we're not going to be the same team as we were last year. He, you know, he people forget. And I think because he was so good so fast, you know, he basically took the week, you know, the team over and had to go in that week. It's not like he had time to do anything, really. I mean, he did some wrinkles. He did you know, some wing T stuff and, and all that. But now he's got months to toy around with things and really put a face on this and, and really get into what he wants to do. And and I think uh, you could take this as a negative because if you looked at, like, uh, DiFilippo, uh, when he went to the Vikings and there was this element of him trying to sort of prove himself, I don't think Freddie's going to fall into that trap, but there's – you know, I think in the best way, this idea that he's sort of challenging himself and obviously having Todd Monken as an influence is only going to, you know, continue giving him reason to do that is evolving this thing and taking it to another level. I think that, you know, when you have that much talent as a coach, you, you know, the pressure's on you because at that point it's, well, I've got all these guys. I can't be the one to screw it up. So it forces him to step up his game. And I think that excites him. I think he understands it. I think he appreciates the opportunity that he has. And I don't think, you know, there's any indication that he's going to, you know, let this one get away from him. 
No, I don't at all. And and that's even the other thing, though. But you bring, you know, bringing Odell in and, and now starting to work these backs more as receivers and even splitting them out. There's, I mean, it's it, we've talked about this. There is just so much you can do. I think the one thing they just got to be careful of is not trying to do too much or show too much too early you know, and keep some aces in the hole because you've got a bunch of playmakers. And there's not – I mean, there is – between your first four wide receivers and between Duke, Nick, Kareem, every one of these guys is able to ball in hand, one cut, go to the house. So it's just – the fun and the excitement that could be here with this offense. I mean, and Pete, the quarterback coach, I mean, in you – I mean, this is like – if you want to put it like a video game, it's like the Browns' skill is on all Madden, and a lot of the defense is going to be on rookie. That's how much they have, and they literally have a baseball lineup of skill talent. In fact, Marius Randall used that analogy when talking about you know adding all the players that they've added. And he said it's like when he plays Madden and he trades all the players to his team. Well, they, the Browns did that, and. You know, he made the point that obviously they got to gel and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you add Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, and you add, you know, the, you're, you're bummed that you don't get Gerald McCoy. Well, that's, you know, the cherry on top of the sundae as opposed to everything else you did. You've got a lot of ice cream in there uh, that that makes this significantly better. And, and obviously they've got questions to answer and things to prove. Well, at the same time, the, the, the reason, you know, there, there were media voices I've never heard. Uh, I couldn't actually pick out there beyond, you know, Justina Anderson. And I know some other national reporters were with it. There's a lot of people uh, covering the Browns, as, as expected. But that's, you know, that's the level of excitement that's around this team. You know, NFL Network, which nobody has anymore, apparently showed some stuff live, uh, which, you know, if anyone still has that channel, you're about one of three people. Then you probably got some looks at what's going on, but, like, there's an element of fear on the side. And obviously some of this is because, you know, many camps are spread out, and there's a bunch of teams that aren't holding many camps, and that would be the deal with them. But right now, the Browns are really excited. There's a really big appetite. Obviously, Northeast Ohio is, you know, people pitch, but everywhere else is sort of sitting there going, I want to see what this team's going to look like. Genuine excitement about what the Browns are doing, and there's a curiosity about what the Browns are doing. You know, one of these people is saying prove it, or you don't believe they're going to be that good. You're still looking at because you want to be right. So there's just uh, there's so much the, of a fishbowl thing going on here in the best way possible. Uh, no doubt about it, and uh, obviously, you know, Pete's having some scuba Steve difficulties here today, as he's you know a little bit under the water here. Guys, you know, we're always trying new stuff and trying to get it better. We're working on it. Content is always there. That's one thing I can tell you, though. Pete. We get to this point. Have we missed anything? Probably, but that's because so much has happened today. I mean, the Browns are in talks of adding a little sky department guy uh, from the Raiders. I don't know if that's official, but, you know, that's uh, good. Uh, you know, every day, obviously, left, and, and, you know, this helps sort of fortify you in case, uh, you know, the Browns are continuing to be successful, and people start calling guys like Elliot Wolf, and potentially he takes a better job, so. You know, I, I have criticized Dorsey on a lot of things, but this is that area where I give him an immense amount of credit. Is he took the job, he surrounded himself, he kept guys uh, that were there, he hired more guys, he brought in Scott McCain to help. He, he uh, brought in uh, you know, a, a, a hugely talented group. You know, he makes the final decision, but he empowers those guys to have an opinion and challenge them on those things. And, and, you know, I think in that respect, he's really good at his job. I, I wish he had better relationships with dealing with players, but from that standpoint, he makes this a really attractive job. And, and you know, he's hopefully part of his next year. You know, if this goes the way we all think it will, there's going to be a brain drain with this team. And, and you have to constantly fight against that. I think, you know, getting uh, this guy uh, from the, you know, like the, home GM of the Raiders, uh, taking over when Kansas was fired, you know, getting all these guys in to get that, and hopefully they can continue to uh, value at a really high level. And you've got to be ready, because look, there could be, you know, obviously, you know, time, you know where 
some guys from this front office are going to move on uh, from the acceleration process of this program and how fast you know, the roster has improved, how fast you went from zero wins to seven wins, and everything goes like it is anticipated through the 2019 season. There's you know, some gentlemen who are going to have some more lucrative offers and are certainly going to have to entertain them and pursue them for the best of their families. So, you know, it's, you know, so keep adding. It's no different, you know, tinkering with the front office is no different than tinkering with your roster. You know, you've got to best serve your product and that's how you do it is, you know, if you feel something, even if it's a small change or a small assist, you go for it and you do it. Um, Peace work over at Browns, Maven. Pete, you with us? You still, still under? Change for my end, so there we go. I don't there know we go. If it's a no, it's it's not a Skype thing today, but this technical stuff is always a pain. It, which is weird because I mean we went months without any issues. Pete Browns Maven, what can everybody expect? Uh, all mini camp coverage, covering from every angle, trying to get everything uh, out there for people to see. Uh, analysis and obviously. You know, this is one of those where I think there's good and bad to be taken from it. And, you know, naturally there are people who are only going to focus on, well, you said negative something around it. I'm trying to give you everything I can. Uh, good things are good. Bad things are bad. We can be here and cover both. Uh, it's not the end of the world to acknowledge when a mistake has been made uh, and ex- accentuate the great stuff. And obviously the great stuff today was Odell Beckham is really fucking good at football. And look, and guys, we tried to tell you this. We were we're going to give you our opinion on each and everything as it comes. Not going to agree with everything. And uh, you know, prime example. I, I I don't know how Duke was made out to be a bad guy here today. Uh, that for me, it drives me crazy because this guy's been a pretty good soldier in some really really bad bad times. And so I just it, for me, I just don't like the way that would look today. And you know, and you know, oh well, he demanded a trade. Wow, really? Because it seemed more like he agreed to the fact that, hey, if you're going to move me because I'm already on the block because you have an asking price and you're receiving offers, I'm just saying, hey, let's do it. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, look, still excited. Nothing's changed. Um, and the Gerald McCoy the, thing. The biggest sin the biggest sin Duke has, has, has committed is wanting to be wanted. Yes. Well, there's nothing wrong. Well, and, and I, I, yeah, pretty much. And then with Gerald McCoy, guys. If, that, if that's your biggest that's your biggest issue with them. I mean, I, I, me I'm more. sorry. I Play me more. Them. Play me more. Yeah, I mean, God forbid the guy the guy wants to be a little bit more a part of it. And look, I wouldn't have spent as much time on Gerald McCoy if I knew he was a Nickelback fan, guys. I do apologize for that. Whatever. Enjoy Carolina. Look, a history of bad decision-making. Exactly. It, it just goes to show. It, 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 look, it, it's good that this came out now because I would have you know, spent 24 hours being excited about something, and then to find this out, I would have been crushed. Uh, Browns Maven. There's an article that came out Athletic that uh, was saying he went there to be go to the playoffs. I'm sorry, no, that ain't that ain't that ain't the thing. That ain't the team in the AFC South you wanted to be hitching your star to the wagon of if you wanted to go to the playoffs. But whatever, Gerald, we'll see how it works out, and who knows, maybe by Halloween you could be on the market yet once again. Um, Pete's work over Browns Maven uh, at Browns Maven. Everything check out brownsmaven.com. Pete himself at underscore Pete Smith underscore the Locked On Browns Twitter account. As you guys all know, and guys and gals all know, it's always a follow back account. Uh, a lot of great activity over there today. A lot of great questions. Uh, you know, funnel through the DMs and stuff you don't want to put on the timeline. I truly always understand. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, been a great day here, guys. You know, wise, uh, you know, wise numbers wise the last couple of days here. It's great to actually have football to talk about. Obviously, that's what makes this whole puppy hum. Is you need some sort of football to, type of stuff. Um, so with that, I thank you. I appreciate you guys. The iTunes rating reviews. Let's always keep those up. Keep those going. I appreciate it. Um, the This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.